I am so grateful for my conversation with Tammy Guler Loeb. We are on the same plane when it comes to looking at your career and understanding not only what are you good at, but what are you passionate about? And they are sometimes two different things. And I find it frustrating for some professionals that have been doing their craft for so many years, yet find they need or want to do something different. And so I address this in the Drop-In C-Suite Academy, where I ask professionals who feel stuck, one, what are you good at? We have to put that down on paper because that's how we earn money. But we never, ever really take the time to understand what we're passionate about. And it might lead us in a different direction. So case in point, I started my company, Illumination Partners, three and a half years ago, and I knew I was going to put a shingle out to help C-suite leaders navigate business changes with confidence, leveraging my subject matter expertise. But then one day while surfing social media, somebody needed guests for the podcast. And so I took the plunge. I was a guest on a podcast and realized, oh my, I love this. And I was looking for other opportunities to share my voice and share my thoughts with others. I had a knack for being interviewed. I also had a knack for interviewing others. And soon I found my voice, my passion. And that is why we have the Drop-In CEO Podcast today, because I love sharing those insights, interviewing and being interviewed so we can inspire others. So that only came from seeking advice from others, being curious about what could be. And that is the conversation you're about to listen to with Tammy Guler lope Let's listen. So think about what are those things that you really love to do that really jazz you? And then start looking around. Do you know anyone else who is doing something like that and earning a living? Have a chat with them and find out what they're doing or how they're doing it. Or even if they're doing something aligned with that or related to that. To get out of your own way, you have to be open and curious. Curiosity is key. Get curious. Find out who else is doing these things. How are they doing it? How did they start doing it? Ask them, would it be okay if I asked you a few questions? In the process of discovery and investigating, you might discover some other things along the way that also grab your attention that might even be more lucrative that you say, you know what, that thing's great, but I found this other thing alongside it that will actually help me feel a little more financially secure. I can incorporate a bunch of different things. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the drop-in CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, Join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the podcast where week after week, I speak to amazing leaders who share their insights and inspiration with you. And if you like this episode, please share with others so we can continue to bring you amazing program 
And just a note for myself, I sincerely care about the C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to help you navigate your business and career challenges with confidence. And now it is my pleasure to bring on to the show Tammy Guler-Loeb. Tammy is the author of Work from the Inside Out, Break Through Nine Common Obstacles and Design a Career that Fulfills You. She is a career and executive coach, speaker, and facilitator with expertise in career transitions and leadership development. Tammy's clients represent many sectors and industries, and her weekly podcast, Work from the Inside Out, showcases career transition stories of people who have found more meaningful work. And her expertise has appeared in Forbes, Fast Company, the Boston Globe, and Harvard Business Review Ascend. And she holds a BA in psychology from Hampshire College, Amherst, Mass., and an MBA from Boston University. Please, Tammy, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Deborah. So, Tammy, it is a pleasure to have you as well. And for my listeners, we have been circling each other on social media. We have been in various communities, uh, not with each other, but we know of each other. Yes. Shout out to Jeffrey Shaw, David Shiner Khan. Somehow the two communities and universes brought Tammy and I together. But honestly, Tammy and I could go on and on about what <laughs> it means to have purposeful work, find the right career or work that you love to do. But without further ado, I would love, Tammy, if you could share a bit about yourself personally and professionally for the audience and the work that you've come to do now. Sure. Well, I have always done work or been interested in work that felt felt purposeful, felt like I was doing something to help other people live their best lives. And as young as, gosh, probably very young, seven, eight years old. and the way that that transpired was starting a career in community mental health and taking that into the public policy arena because I was wondering, how come all these programs get supported in the community and our legislators are underfunding them? So I said, well, I better go find find my way into the public policy arena and find out how those things happen. So it's always just getting curious, getting curious. But the political arena was a little too much for me. So I kept going and I dabbled in fundraising for several years, thinking, well, that'll be another angle. Let's bring some money into this. I went and got an MBA and I realized, oh, I'm getting a little too far away from dealing with people. I really love working directly with people. And around that time, I found out about this thing called coaching. It was called life coaching at the time. It was a little over 20 years ago. The minute I heard about it, I thought, that's it. I don't need another master's degree. I can get coaching training and go for a certification. And that's what I did. And I've never looked back. And I was always interested in what makes people tick. What what makes people do the work that they do? Uh, I grew up in a, in a family where my parents both had jobs they really enjoyed. And we spent a lot of time at the dinner table talking about their work. And so I was always inspired to find work that I would find rewarding and satisfying. And so it's just all fits with, and my dad was a school psychologist. My mom was a social worker. So, you know, I didn't, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree, I guess. Uh, But I I did find myself really wanting to help people with their careers and with their work, because 
People spend so much time at work, so much of the best years of their adult lives going to work. I thought that would be a great way to have a positive impact on the quality of people's lives is to help them think through what are they doing for work? How can they make it even more meaningful and satisfying? So that's what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years. So I love one of the things that you said, and I'm actually envious of you, that you said from an early age, you just knew an element or a characteristic of the work you wanted to do was working with people and that you pursued what you wanted to and wound up in work that you love to do. Mm. So many of us, and I will say, mind you, people who are optimists can find joy in anything that they do. But what do you say to the people out there that may have done something that was practical, expected, leveraged your strengths? You were potentially very successful. I'm raising my hand here. I was very successful with an engineering science background, pursuing manufacturing, engineering, and leadership. But you get to these points where you question. So I guess, what would you say to the person that they've been doing what made sense, but then maybe how you get them to think about what should they be doing? I'm curious. Well, I think what you're pointing to is something that a lot of people find themselves in a situation where they follow a very logical, linear path. Many of us were taught, you know, go to school, work hard, focus, and then climb the ladder or follow some kind of linear progression of advancement, right? And so once you slotted yourself into some kind of career path, and then your your life moves forward, it gets harder and harder to deviate from that, especially when you can see where that path might take you in terms of financial security, uh, potential other professional rewards, things like that. And we've been, I think many of us were raised, I'm a, a very late baby boomer. So I'm I'm of a different generation maybe than some people listening to this. But still, many of us were influenced in one way or another by either grandparents or parents who were touched in some way, either directly or indirectly by the depression. And so, you know, during the depression, nobody cared whether you loved your work or not. You had to put food on the table and a roof over your head, and that's all that mattered. So there was some, I think, very strong element of that that really carried over into our narrative about what it means to have a good job. And so, you know, I would say that the situation I grew up in was a little different. But I think that most people who invest in a college education, they want to get something out of it. And the first thing they do is they go to, well, how much will it pay? How much financial security can I anticipate? Is it a profession that I can feel good about? Now, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But oftentimes, those attitudes and those perspectives came from the outside, well-intentioned adults, whether it's teachers, parents other influential adults as we've been growing up, those came from the outside going in. And we were kind of programmed to think, well, that's the right way to do things. And so not everyone, but many of us kind of grew up with that model. We followed that. And it's not till we get in pretty deeply and maybe we find ourselves a little bored or just not as challenged or we realize, you know, I'm good at this. I'm, I'm smart. I'm good at this. I keep getting promotions or my, you know, reviews are good. People praise me, but you know what? 
I, I really don't like it that much, or I'm, I'm getting, I'm, it's kind of a hard time getting up in the morning now going to work. I, I just, and they're almost embarrassed to think I'm so fortunate. How could I tell anyone I don't like this or I want to do something else? Or why would I start all over again? You know, so these are all the stories that run through people's heads when in fact, many people went from the outside going in. I don't think I'm typical. I always started from the inside going out. I knew inside of me what I wanted to do or had had a feeling about it and I followed it and, and that was nurtured in me. But I think, I don't think that's typical. I think most people were told, you're good at this. You should become a thus and such. And why wouldn't you listen to that, right? Yeah, so I can so relate to that. But I want people just to pause and listen to what Tammy just said. It's like, it is what it is. It was what it was. And there's nothing wrong with what you've done up until this point. But we want everybody just to take a moment and reflect and say, shall I continue? Or should I start thinking from the inside out, hence the name of the book, on what it should be? And by the way, it's never too late. Now, mind you, I have three kids. I've got a mortgage. We've got some financial. There's people out there with obligation. But you talk about in your book, it's never too late. So I want you to help the listener move from where you're at and you're starting to think about it and realize, no, it's not too late. Tell us more about that so we can just start thinking in that direction. Sure, absolutely. So in the book, I, in fact, one of the chapters is called It's Not Too Late. And I profiled three different people in that chapter, one of whom was a friend of mine who had three children, one of whom was the same age as my daughter. We got to know each other because our kids were in class together and we used to do school drop off at the same time. And, and so we got friendly. I got to know her. She was probably, I think we both were in our late 30s, hitting 40 around that time. And I found out over time that, you know, she had her hands full with her three kids. I only had one, but she was going to community college, taking prerequisites for nursing because she wanted to go to nursing school. I was like, well, isn't that interesting? And she's home with three kids. And on top of it, she was already a certified birthing doula. So she was going out, you know, in the middle of the night, helping women birth babies at the same time. And she already had a master's degree in a whole different field. So she had a previous career and, but she found a way to make all these things work and fit into her life. I was just enchanted by the fact that she spent a good two years taking prerequisites so that by the time she actually applied to nursing school and went, she was 40-ish. By the time she became a registered nurse, she was well into her 40s. But this is something she really wanted to do. Now, granted, she could afford to do it. Not everybody could. But putting that aside for just a moment, most people I know, or I should say lots of people I know who could afford to do this would still say it's too late, regardless of the money. So if we take that piece out of the equation for a moment, there's a lot of people who would talk themselves out of this. She worked as a registered nurse. She actually became a hospice nurse and did that for over 10 years, loved it, and then decided to stop the clinical practice and became an end-of-life doula and now works with families who are dealing with end-of-life issues with a loved one and helping them through that process using her nursing background, but not the hands-on clinical side of things. 
And so she's still helping people through these, these kinds of times in their lives, but doing it from a, from a different angle. My point in sharing that story is that I, I think there are a lot of people regardless. So in other words, someone might say, well, I don't have the money to go back to school. Well, most often I would hear someone say, well, I'm, I'm 40 and it's too late. I'm going to go back to school now. So, you know, the other, the other stories I tell is of a gentleman who had been a, a client of mine. He was 58 years old and he had been a software engineer and he had been through several layoffs, which is not unusual for someone in that profession. He had a real interest in uh, public and affordable housing and he really wanted to get into that. So we worked together and we figured out a way for him to get a job at a local housing authority. But I would love to ask you a question. So it sounded like in both these stories, it was they did this, but they had an interest in that and started paving a path to go in that direction. What if I was good at that, but I got these skills that when I do these things, I have great joy. I am energized. I am in flow. I know when I do these things and I'm interacting with people, it's creating great moments, but I'm not sure what to do with all that stuff. And when you go, honey, I want to do this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but how are you going to make it into something that's viable so we can both enjoy what we have? Tell me, would you advise that person? Okay, so this is a a through thread, I think, that shows up throughout the book, but, but I'll speak specifically to that. And that is that think about what are those things that you really love to do that really jazz you? And then start looking around. Do you know anyone else who is doing something like that and earning a living? All right. Well, have a chat with them and find out what they're doing or how they're doing it. Or even if they're doing something aligned with that or related to that. The first thing that I tell people is the first thing you have to do is get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. To get out of your own way, you have to be open and curious. Curiosity is key. Get curious. Find out who else is doing these things. Maybe it's someone you know. Maybe it's someone you don't know. Start looking. We have Google, right? It's easy enough to start searching around, find out who's doing these things. How are they doing it? How did they start doing it? You can reach out to people very easily and ask them, would it be okay if I asked you a few questions about your work and take an interest in other people? I find that Oftentimes, when people are starting to think about a change, it makes them a little anxious and they start thinking in all or nothing terms. Well, I either do this or that or and they think that it's going to happen overnight. But if you read the book, you will see that almost every story in the book, it took time for people to make these changes. They did it gradually. They had a plan. They had to get more information. So one of the key things here is get curious because you don't have all the information you need in order to determine what the parameters might be for that thing you love to make a living at it. And you might do the discovery work and get the information and then say to yourself, you know what? I don't know that this is something I want to do for a living. It might be something I want to do more as a side gig or In the process of discovery and investigating, you might discover some other things along the way that also grab your attention that might even be more lucrative that you say, you know what, that thing's great, but I found this other thing alongside it that 
will actually help me feel a little more financially secure. I can incorporate a bunch of different things. So I think some of your advice really is about, first of all, just set the intention. I would just want to explore stuff. Yes, I've got my day job. Yes, I've got my community. Yes, maybe I have family that I have to tend to when I'm home. But can you carve out 10 or 15 minutes to Google search? LinkedIn Navigator is a really good tool as well. And just start reading. Just start finding. Is there an online course you can take at will to discover? Because if you look back after a year, and I will say this again, I am a high achiever. I want to go, go, go and get results. But I sometimes have to tell myself, look back when you set the intention. You wanted to learn about this or pursue this certification. And maybe you have it. Maybe you haven't started monetizing. But oh my, you have moved forward from the place when you first said, I think I want to try something different. Exactly. I want to also make one more point that I love to point out because this is something a lot of people in this day and age don't always think about. And that is, don't forget about your public library. The librarians have an amazing skill set. If you go to one of your reference librarians in your local library and you say to them, you know, I'm trying to get more information about thus and such whether it's something that people do as a business, whether there's a listing of businesses, is there a way that I can get that kind of information? They will send you in some directions where you can then, they're going to save you a lot of time and heartache um, oftentimes. Now, a really small, tiny library may not have that. But for example, I live in the Boston area. I don't live right in Boston proper, but I can call certain areas of the Boston Public Library even though I don't live right in Boston, and I can ask them to produce a report for me with certain parameters. I can say, well, I want to know what companies within a certain mileage of downtown Boston have this many employees or this kind of you know, profile. Can you give me that information? And within a week's time, they're going to send me a spreadsheet that has so much information in it, it could make your head spin. But it gives you a lot of really good information that you can then pick apart and, and start to investigate further. So very great insight. And again, um, I remember spending many, many hours in the library as a child and found salvation. And while the Internet is a great thing, we it takes time. And if they are willing to help and they're there and they're experts at it, let's absolutely leverage that as well. Now, I have another question here because it combines the it's never too late. And also your chapter in your book about, I may not be qualified. Do I really belong here? So let's just say, okay, I am, I'm going to put it out there. I am 57. I am proud that I am 57. I have the energy and the curiosity to try new things. So it's not too late. So I am pursuing many different things. Those of you who know me, I am a fractional leader. I drop into organizations and solve significant business issues for C-suite leaders, but I'm passionate also about connecting with people like Tammy and all the other people I've interviewed because I too want to help you with your career goals and help elevate that. But it's one of those things. I'm not a certified coach (laughs) and I also want to be a speaker, but oh my, I'm not part of NSA yet. And oh, I don't get paid for it. How long do I have to pay my dues? There's all these doubts and questions of like, other people have been doing it for 20, 30 years. How am I going to catch up with the Joneses? to do that, what would you say to a person that has the aspiration to try something, but there's these little things, can I ever catch up and actually become what I want to be? Absolutely. And you don't have to wait to catch up. You can dip a toe in the water and start 
incrementally. Uh, there's plenty of people out there, for example, who are speaking who aren't members of NSA and are, are doing it. There's lots of ways to, to get acclimated to that. I could rattle off a list of all kinds of ways to get your feet wet in terms of speaking. For example, go to Toastmasters, see what your local library is doing, see if they'll put you up as a speaker, as a, as a local member of the community to talk about careers or something. That's how I started speaking, was my local library wanted me to talk to the community about careers. And next thing you know, I'm getting calls from other libraries to do talks. You know, I was doing these for free, but it helped me to get over my fear of speaking. <laughs> so it was great. And yeah, you can take classes and get some training. You don't have to be anything in particular to get in the book. I have two great stories of two women who rose through the ranks of private and corporate businesses without any college degree. What they had going for them were two things. They had a desire to learn, a curiosity, and someone gave them a chance because they saw something in them. And you could say, oh, well, they were just lucky, right? Well, guess what luck is? Luck is something you show up for. So we know that showing up is half the battle. So if you show up and you express a desire to learn and you're open and not closing doors all around yourself, not getting in your own way, you have a much better shot at stepping into some new territory. No one's expecting you to be an expert or perfect for that matter. So if there's something you really want to learn about, dip a toe in the water. Next thing, go up to your ankles, then go up to your knees. Next thing you know, you're going to be swimming the English Channel. I appreciate that. And again, for our listeners, I encourage everybody just to work on the inside, make sure you have the right mindset, but also then start looking out at other possibilities for the work that you're doing. And mind you, forgive yourself if the work that you're doing is necessary now to maintain the lifestyle for the responsibilities that you currently have. Give yourself grace and time that maybe now is not the right time for a change, but have that curiosity. Seek support whether it's from a coach, your local library, Tammy's book, Work from the Inside Out, these are opportunities where you can at least start setting the stage and the strategy for when you are ready to be lucky and make those changes. Your book, Tammy, is amazing, Work from the Inside Out. I should suggest everybody read it. It's a very easy, practical read if you're thinking about exploring and making a difference. But Tammy, we, you and I could go on and on and talk about so many things. And it's really been inspiring, if nothing else for me, uplifting, because I too, even though I am a professional and have accomplished a lot, I'm still on a journey and you have given me hope and inspiration to continue. Are there any last thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners? Sure. So the first thing I would say is don't go at this alone. You know, I and I totally want to reinforce what you said just now about no one's telling you to ditch your job and put yourself or your family in jeopardy. That's not the point. But there are things you can do while you're still working to start to open up other possibilities and explore ideas and start to put the wheels in motion. But don't do it alone. Talk to other people. There's lots of people out there walking around wanting to be helpful. Think about when people reach out to you and ask for a bit of information or advice or want to know something about the path that you've been on. 
you're usually very happy to talk to them, right? So assume the same from them. So don't do it alone. When we stay inside our own heads, even though I say inside out, I mean, there's an out part, (laughs) right? You got to start inside, but you really do need other people and other resources. So that's very, very important. The other thing I wanted to share is that I want to offer your listeners a gift. And that is that they can access through my website, TammyGoolerLobe.com. And even if you mangle the spelling of it, I'm the only Tammy Guler Loeb in the world. TammyGoolerLobe.com forward slash workbook. So at the end of every chapter in the book, there are reflective questions and guiding activities that will help you really start to dip a toe in that water and get you thinking about things. So I compiled all those questions and activities into a workbook format. And then I added some bonus activities to that into a PDF, which you can access by going to TammyGoolerLobe.com forward slash workbook. And that is my free gift to anyone who would like to access that. Tammy, this has been an amazing interview. And just on another note, you're your voice is very calming and soothing and reassuring. So for me and those who may have listened today, even if you're going through murky waters and you want to make a change, but are not sure how, when we finish this podcast, at least I feel positive, upbeat, and there are opportunities, not only for me, but everybody listening out there. So Tammy, you've been an amazing guest. I do wish you continued success and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.